Okay, so we, uh, different one today. I think it's another Just Me episode, but I think you'll find this one pretty interesting, especially if you're not from the United States. Okay. Okay, so welcome to Unstandardized English. My name is Dr. J.P.B. Gerald. We talk about the racially, linguistically, and neurologically minoritized. So, um, today, another solo episode. Ooh, I'm too close to the microphone. Today is another solo episode, and uh, in this episode, I'm going to talk about cities. So, again, I don't talk about my job much on here. I work for a nonprofit, a nonprofit financial institution that supports community development. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. But uh, one of the things that's happened since I started this job is I've traveled a little bit domestically for it. And um, I'm going to do more of that. There will be more cities. And so what I think I'm going to do occasionally on here is actually just sort of talk about my experience in these cities. I'm only there for a short period of time most of the time, like a day or two, right? The place I've been in the longest, I was in for three days. And only three because the airline got delayed five hours. So... The last day I was just in the airport. But anyway, um, so it's really like a day and a half. Um, so anyway, I want to talk about the cities I've seen because uh, with the exception of one of them, I had been to all of them before, but only as a child or many years ago. And I want to talk about my impressions of them based on the things I now know in my scholarship. And I think they'll tie into a lot of the themes that you all know on this show. So, for example, the places that I'm going to talk about today are in the order that I went to them. Or honestly, four cities. I'm going to put Washington, D.C. in there because I don't even think about that as a visit because I have a lot of family there. But I should talk about it and my assessment of it, too, because I've gone there for work also. So, in order, I'm going to talk about Washington, D.C. I'm going to talk about Dallas. I'm going to talk about... Uh, San Diego, and I'm going to talk about, oh, where else have I been? Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. I've been to Washington, D.C., I've been to Dallas, and I've been to San Diego twice. Uh, So, yeah, I'm about to go to Atlanta. That's what it is. By the time you hear this, I will have been to Atlanta, but I'm recording this before my trip to Atlanta. So I think I want to make this sort of a a regular occasional thing when I go to a new place. Again, not new, but places I either haven't been to for a while or don't really know anything about on the ground. Because I think it's interesting from my perspective and my very strong bias against certain, you know, driving and certain things. Um, and my, and what I do where the work I do is, is engaged with people of color specifically. I want to talk about that. And I, I am clearly coming to this with, with not knowing these places all that well. I know facts about them, but just my experience. And I want to talk about what I noticed. Um, so, again, I'm going to talk about Washington, D.C., Dallas, and San Diego. And then there will be another episode at some point about Atlanta uh, and Cleveland, because I'll be going there at some point this summer. So the next episode will be those Two. I'm not going to say much about Washington, D.C. because, again, I went there so many times as a kid uh, that it's not really a new thing to me. But uh, So this episode, Washington, D.C., Dallas, and San Diego, and then the next one will be about Atlanta and Cleveland. And, uh, yeah, I think it should be interesting. As ever, please buy the book. 
contribute to the Patreon. The links are in the show notes. Does anybody look at the show notes? I don't know, but I still got people on Patreon supporting me, and I thank them for that. Otherwise, uh, stay tuned for the episode. All right, let's start. So, mm, too loud. I said I was going to talk about Washington, D.C. first. So, interestingly enough, and I need to stay focused, you know me, uh, the first time I got on a plane since the pandemic started, and by the way, the people who say since the pandemic and then people get mad that they're saying it as if the pandemic is over, and I don't need to get into that, but the easiest way to say it is just to say since the pandemic started, people, so just do that. Um... But anyway, the first plane I got on, planes I got on before the, since the pandemic started were last May. I went, I flew to D.C. and back because uh, I still had not been away from my son for a night ever. And we were a little concerned about that. And uh, I, you know, I knew that when I, I got this job that there would tra- be travel involved. They said 30 percent. That's not true. Uh, I'm glad it's not because that would be bad. Um, and, and I, I asked my wife before I got the job, I said, is it okay? This job involves travel. Like, that's going to be hard. And she said, Justin, don't turn it down because of that. And it's funny because the other job I was up for was at the Department of, Ment- of the New York City DOHMH, which is Department of Health and Mental Hygiene, which, by the way, that mental hygiene word there, they got to change that. But the thing is, I live across the street from it, so it would have been the opposite of travel. (laughs) I would have had to go into the office every day, which is not ideal. But on the other hand, if your office is across the street, it's not that big of a deal. Um, And my hours would have been very set because of union. But it didn't pay very much. I mean, it it paid more than my previous job. But I wanted something new, and I couldn't quite tell what this job would be. And I'm glad I took the quote-unquote risk, because that other job would have been safe. And then let me tell you, I'm, I'm losing focus, Justin. You're losing focus. Uh, that job has this weird thing because if you get a city job, unless it's a teaching job or something, they have to go through the budget approval and they would have hired me, but it would have taken anywhere from one to six months after the offer. And then it's theoretically possible I couldn't have gotten it. And I wanted to stay in the other job forever. So it's a good thing. Anyway, I love my job. We don't need to talk too much about it, but the point is, uh, they told me that there was an event that they wanted me to be present at in DC and I was... I didn't want to take a train, because if I took a train, I would have to stay overnight, because it takes too long. Uh, I have since gone back there on the train, and I had to stay overnight, because it took too long. The train is cheaper than a plane, but not that much cheaper, by the way, unless you take... Focus! Uh, So, my job's headquarters is in Virginia, like Crystal City. So, that's like one foot from the airport. And uh, the first time I went down there for um, work... I actually didn't go to D.C. I went to Crystal City, which is just a suburb. So I don't have anything to say about that. It's a suburb. It's uh, it's transit. Uh, it's transit uh, accessible, but it's not transit centric. So like you, there's a subway that goes there. And I, when I went back in January, I took the subway. But um, you know, it's also a, a car type place, a bunch of highways. Fine. I, um, when I got there, I got off the plane, and my coworkers told me I should take a cab from the airport. And being me, I, I looked it up. I said, this is only a mile. Why would I take a taxi? So just being stubborn, I decided to walk from the airport. Again, this is the first time I've been on a plane 
Also, when I got to the airport, my flight was canceled, but then there's so many flights from New York to D.C. There's a flight like every 30 minutes, so I got on the next flight, which was weird. Anyway, um, and I walked, and the reason my colleagues told me to drive is because it's kind of not conducive. There's a big highway in between, and you can't walk directly there, so it actually took me 45 minutes to walk, and for whatever reason, it was the hottest day of the year thus far. It was last May. You know, there's always a first day that it hits 80. Well, this was that day, and uh, I was wearing a suit, and I was making a first impression on a lot of people. (laughs) Uh, So, mistake. So I took a taxi back to the airport. But the point is D.C. D.C., my dad is from, well, he grew up, he was born in North Carolina, and his family moved to the D.C. area when he was a teenager. So my grandmother's house, where my dad spent much of his, well, I guess from, you know, middle school or high school to uh, college, was in Maryland, just across the border from D.C. And uh, I spent a lot of time in D.C. My cousin's live in D.C. Well, they don't live there anymore with my uncle. Live in D.C. And my, uh... And yeah, so we used to go there a lot. And I like D.C. It's, it's, you know, we've actually considered moving to D.C. Um, we have family there. We wanted to be closer to some sort of family. We've considered... I, you know, I have a whole episode on here from December where we were, quote-unquote, going to move to Stanford. We're not moving to Stanford. Uh, so that episode is completely obsolete and that entire anxiety ridden rant is you know useless funny but anyway we wanted to move closer to some sort of family if we could and uh well, dc there would be some family there um and so we looked at it but one of the problems we have with dc is that it's not very big and even for a place that's not physically very big the transit is bad and it's not like some places that i'm going to tell you about that don't have transit like that's the thing it's that the transit that they have, which is really nice, like the D.C. design of the subway there is really nice. It's beautiful. Right. And, the, you know, the, the like uh, honeycomb architecture, beautiful, but it's unreliable. And I don't mean that it you can't. So it's not unreliable. It's reliable, but it's reliably infrequent is what I would say. Right. Like rush hour. You've got to wait seven, eight minutes for the train. In New York, you might have to wait seven minutes when there's a problem, and that happens fairly often. But, like, when I go downstairs and I go to the office a couple of times a week, I'm usually waiting two or three minutes for the train. Now, I'm lucky that I live next to a station where I have several options to have a one-seat ride to work. I live near the Queens Plaza station, and I go to Herald Square, so I can take the M or the R, and so I'm only waiting for either one. Theoretically, I could take the E and transfer to the D if I wanted to. So, like, I have a lot of options. It's part of the reason we live here. Um, in this place, although we do, we, we may move if we ever have enough cash to buy a house, but, uh, who knows if that'll ever happen. But anyway, in DC, which we looked at moving to, because we did this, I did go back to DC in January for a work retreat and we did go into the city, you know, that day, uh, oh, I went to DC in December too, so I've been there three times. Um, you know, it's just, everyone drives there. It's strange. I get it, you know, and, and like, when I got to D.C. in December, we were going to an event that was in D.C. in the city. And uh, I got to my hotel and my colleague, I told my colleague I'll be at the event in about an hour. And they said, well, you know, there's a lot of traffic. Make sure that you are prepared for that. And I'm thinking to myself, why on earth would I drive or take a taxi? It's like a mile and a half. I don't understand. 
my first impulse being to walk. I mean, if it was terrible weather, sure, but it was actually, a, you know, it was the early winter, December, maybe it was November, and it was warm enough to walk, like 40-something degrees. It was pretty cold the next morning, but, you know, I just feel like D.C. is a place that uh, should be better on the transit front. It should be better. People complain about the New York City subway for many reasons. It can be unreliable. It's dirty, etc. People complain about homeless people, but I think that's a different problem, people. And when I hear you complain about homeless people, I think you're actually saying something else. Uh, but anyway, uh, but I'll tell you, man, the, the New York City subway, you know... It's two seventy five. Soon it'll be three dollars, but it's three dollars. You don't have to pay again unless you get out of the train. You could go all over the whole city for three dollars. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you can't beat that because in DC, you know, it's one of those. It's like London, where you know you pay based on how far you're going, and that means it's a lot more expensive sometimes to go places. It's 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 kind of annoying. So I think sometimes the people who live farther out don't take the train because it is more expensive. And that means everybody's driving around the Beltway, and everyone's driving here and there. All my colleagues seem to drive to work. There's a couple who live in Virginia don't drive to work because they can take the train or they live very close. But most of them live in Maryland. A couple of them live in D.C., but they drive because it's just the way people do things. And then you've got the fact that it's a big political place, so things are always closed down for obvious reasons. And then the traffic is terrible, and like every single day, you know, if, you, if you're trying to get anywhere, like you're just stuck in traffic. Right. I imagine that that is the case in parts of New York. When I look out the window, I can see the FDR drive and there's traffic there, but it's not always traffic. The only places where, you know, there are traffic are the same exact places. And if you're driving in those places, I don't know what to tell you. You shouldn't be. I look out the window at the Queensboro Bridge and I see people stuck in traffic every single day. And I'm just like, I know you're driving on the Queensboro Bridge because there's no toll. It's just pay the fucking toll, man. <laughs> like if you don't want to be stuck in traffic, I hate traffic. So uh, but anyway. Uh, I, my assessment of D.C., I don't need to tell you what D.C. is like. I think most people are aware there's enough of D.C. on the television and in movies. Uh, D.C. is a cool city, man. I think, you know, this, it's weird because the most prominent people in D.C. are, uh, you know, what, racist white people? But the citizens of D.C. are not. I mean, some of them are. But uh, it's just, it's a place that I would live if, it, if, if we didn't have to have a car to live there. You know, we were really considering it. We were looking at the money and we realized that like the money we would save by the slightly lower cost of living between D.C. and New York, it would go away between the fact that we would have to have a car and uh, and the cost of moving there. And the cost of moving is not D.C.'s fault. I'm just saying, you know, uh, we wouldn't be able to save enough because if do we want to buy a house? We go back and forth on this. Eh, I don't really care, but like it's true that it's better to be paying all this money for equity than for rent. Although I don't really agree with the idea of owning land. Blah blah blah. But we wouldn't be able to save any extra money down there. So what's the point? Um, so DC is the kind of place where I really like DC, but it disappoints me. It disappoints me, and uh, and there's no reason for it. I mean. I understand that, you know, in other cities I'm about to mention, they weren't designed for transit, right? But, uh, and I also think that, like, there is kind of a thing where, you know, people don't want to be in contact with uh, the quote-unquote lower classes, and so they want to drive. I'm not, you know, so, uh, 
one thing about New York is, I forget who said it, but there was someone who said the, the real tipping point isn't whether or not poor people ride your transit. It's whether or not rich people find the transit to be the best option, right? Because in New York, you got to be like succession level rich. And I'm not talking about late at night, and I'm not talking about being safe, and, you know, if you're a woman and you want to be harassed, I'm not talking about that. But, like, unless you're in a specific part of the city to which you have moved on purpose to avoid transit, like Massbeth or something, you got to be, like, succession-level rich to think, unless it's early pandemic times, that uh, it makes more sense to drive to a job in Midtown. Lit- my coworkers came to visit me, not visit me. <laughs> no, they didn't. My coworkers came to a conference in New York last October, and they were kind of gobsmacked that we walked to the office, even though it was like three blocks from Penn Station. And then they wanted to go to check into their hotel, which was in which was like the Hilton and like 54th and 6th, because that's where the conference was. Or I think they some of their hotels were a few blocks away, but they had to go check into the conference. And every single one of them wanted to take a taxi from the office to there. Now, they had stuff, so I get it. But, like, even I, like, I would always just, like, fucking get on the subway, right? It was, it was three days. They didn't have that much stuff, right? But, now I get it. It's not going to cost them any money because the company is going to reimburse them. And considering there were four of us in the taxi, then as much as it cost, it wasn't that much for the company. But, like, just, just, like, just take the fucking subway, man. I don't understand. It's weird. Uh, but I realize that that's the mindset in these places. I don't really blame them for that. Like, that's how people are, are taught to get around, you know? And, and even my wife, she, she's not like some folks where she must drive all the time. She doesn't like driving, but she, you know, it was an adjustment for her to be taking the subway everywhere. So anyway, D.C. and the mindset I find to be disappointing. That's all. I find it to be disappointing. Next, we're going to talk about Dallas. So I have a theory... Um, about driving and uh, cities. So specifically cities, though. Because there are places, there are, like, for example, there are very progressive rural areas in this country. Right? You can go to Vermont, for example. There ain't no subways there. But that's Bernie's place. Now, I... Don't necessarily think everyone in Vermont is progressive. Obviously, any place that white isn't going to be that progressive, despite what they will tell you. There's a reason that they're that white. But in the city, my point is, if there are transit options, uh, I got to say, it seems pretty clear to me, and I'm not going to say causation when there's correlation. There's got to be a pretty strong correlation between people who have the option to take transit to work or whatever, and choose to drive. And I don't want to say political leanings, because I'm not talking about right and left. I'm really just talking about, or I'm not talking about Republican and Democrat. I am talking about sort of conservative and, and leftist in that sense, right? Because uh, I'm not talking about how people vote. There probably there would be no signal in that, in that noise. I don't even know how you would measure that. But, like, the only part of New York City where the most people drive to work is Staten Island, and that's the only place where they vote for Trump, right? The only parts of New York where I feel uncomfortable are places where everyone drives. It's not because they drive. However, 
it is true that the places where I get scared are places like Mastiff and so forth. The, the people who are more conservative in transit areas, like on the Upper East Side, I'm not scared of those people. I mean, they, they may vote for and support people like that, but they're not going to come out of their house and, like, shoot me. Uh, whereas I don't know what happens in fucking Staten Island, man. I'm not going over there. But anyway, I bring that up to say that I've been, you know, I've been fortunate enough to travel pretty widely in the world, and I honestly stopped doing domestic travel when I was a bit younger, because as soon as I had enough money to go someplace, I was trying to go someplace new, and I didn't have much I needed to see in this country. Not that I've been to all of it. I took a cross-country trip when I was 12, and I saw a lot of things, and that seemed like enough. <laughs> there were some cities I wanted to experience, and I've gotten a chance to go to some of them. But again, these were the places that I knew I'd be pretty comfortable. Like, as much as I don't love the sports teams, like, Boston is not that different from New York, as much as they want to pretend otherwise. Chicago is different in some ways, but that's a, that's a big transit-oriented urban city, right? I don't love L.A. because of how car-centric it is, but there are parts of L.A. and Southern California that I enjoy, and I like San Francisco for similar reasons. In Seattle, I've been to. Anyway, but, uh, and again, there's another thing. Seattle, very car-centric, very progressive. That doesn't mean there aren't assholes there, but you get my point. It's not one-to-one. But in any city where there are a lot of transit options and people are and, and then people are like, nah, I ain't doing that. You know, it ain't the people I want to spend time with. So I say all that to mention people have often said that New York specifically, but a lot of the northeastern cities in the United States are more similar to Europe than the rest of the United States. I get what they're saying in terms of its multiculturalism and so forth. But, like, Europe isn't as progressive as people make it out to be. Yeah, they have better social safety nets, but there's a whole bunch of right-wing white nationalist bullshit over there. And, of course, all of the racism and so forth that white people do here started because of Europe. So I would rather we stop apotheosizing. Is that the verb? Just, we need to stop taking, we need, Europe needs to get off the pedestal. Fuck Europe. But anyway, <laughs> and I'm sure if you're European, then, you know, you're listening to this and you don't want to listen anymore, that's fine. But you know what I mean. I mean the sort of white hegemony of Europe. Uh, but what I mean is, I don't find New York to be very similar to Europe at all. If anything, from the places I've been, I find New York to be more similar to the large, uh, very urban Asian cities I've been to. Right. In terms of the, the the food. Right. I don't mean that New York is all Asian food, although there's plenty of it. But I just mean like the options of food. Right. Uh, the best thing about New York is the people who aren't originally from New York and what they cook, you know, which I guess is similar to London. But when you think of British food, you think of just, you know, pastries and nastiness. But uh, like Seoul, Tokyo. Beijing, you know, I'm talking about uh, Kuala Lumpur, right? These are crowded places, busy places. Obviously, the culture is very different. Like, you can't drink in Kuala Lumpur, really. Uh, and I oh, went Singapore. Like, I think of those places when I think of what I like about New York, right? Uh, um, and I bring that up to talk about Dallas. Because, oh my God, if there is not... A, a better example of just American urban design gone terribly wrong. 
I have never actually been to such a place. There's, again, plenty of... I don't like suburbs in general, although there can be some good ones, but usually the ones that are good are close to cities that I like, and so it's really the city that's feeding off of it, or that it's feeding off of. Um, and there, I have never been to a city I've, I've, I've been less impressed by as a place. Um, now, I, I work in these places sometimes. That's why I was there, and I don't mean the people that we work with who are people of color who are trying to make the city better, I think that they would agree with me. I don't generally have a problem with the individuals in the city, but the way the city is designed is is really to separate people. Let me tell you an example. So I flew to Dallas. Not only is it 109 degrees, which makes you think, like, why do people live here? But uh, that's not their fault. I mean, it is their fault, but that's not their fault. Uh, I got the plane, and I'm going to the southern side of Dallas because what I've been told is that's really where the black people live and that's who we work with. Um, and by the way, the people who say we shouldn't be doing the business in these, you know, horrible anti-abortion states, and of course this trip I took was right after the law was reversed in a lot of states. I get that, but again, that's something white people say because, like, there's still plenty of people of color in these states. In fact, the state with the most black people in number is Texas, not percentage-wise, but so, like, if you're saying I won't support the people in this state, you're just abandoning the people who need your help. Uh, but anyway, and I get there, I take a taxi all the way to Southern Dallas. I'm just on a highway. I don't see anything. I pass by the downtown, but we don't really see anything. And I get to the bottom of the city, and it's just highway, highway, highway. And I go to a mall, and we do the event we're doing. And, uh, and then after the event, we go downtown. It's just highway, highway, highway. And even... You know, and I go to my hotel and I change and my uh, grand boss, which is to say my boss's boss, takes me out to dinner. I like her a lot, by the way. She is... It would be very easy to be a successful person in her position and not be cool. You know what I'm saying? You have met people in her position who are terrible. But, uh, so, just in case anybody who works with me ever hears this, is like, I think she's great. Um... I don't, this isn't about her. I just wanted to mention that. So, but like, we retired. I got up early for the flight and, and, uh, she went to sleep and it's like eight o'clock and I'm like, I guess what I'm going to do. And, you know, it was a Thursday, which is not a Friday, but I was like, I'm going to do something, you know, walk around or something, you know? And like, yeah, I know it was hot, but the people who live there know how hot it is, so it wasn't particularly hot to them. And I'm just walking around, and there was just nothing. There were no people. Now, I forget sometimes that in places that are not New York City, that the downtown, the office area, I should say, because downtown's usually got an office area and a restaurant area and a whatever. And in most places, these places are distinct and discreet, and the people are in the restaurant-slash-bar area, which might also have movie theaters, and maybe there's some shops and stuff like that, right? And then the office area is probably adjacent to it, uh, and, 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 and so forth. And I forget that in most cities, um, any city that's just below, you know, three, four, five million three, four, five million people metro area, that the downtown with the offices just shuts the fuck down at the end of the work day. In New York, this doesn't happen. Now, let me be clear about that, is that the thing about New York is that there's like 14 different downtowns. Like, the whole island of Manhattan is kind of a downtown, right? But, like, there are very few places in New York City 
that like Saturday in the middle of the afternoon there's no people, right? The only reason there'd be no nobody in a place is if they're only there for 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 work and only for work. All these complainings about uh, the businesses that are suffering, it's because they're in these specific areas, places that are only offices, right? Now there's plenty of buildings, and I can see them out my window that are just offices, but there are restaurants and bars and whatever and apartments on the same block, right? The only places that I think of where there's genuinely nothing going on on a Saturday afternoon are the certain parts of the financial district, but only certain parts, right? There's like three or four blocks, basically, because the South Street Seaport, there's people there, and that's right next to the financial district, right? If you go to Battery Park City, that's purely residential, but the people who live there are there, right? And then the mall under the World Trade Center, yeah, nobody's in the office building because I used to work there, but uh, the mall has people in it because the tourists go there. So there's a few blocks, however, which are east of Broadway and west of, I guess, Water Street, um, where there's no people on the weekend. But that's only a few blocks. And then if you go on maybe 3rd Avenue... I would say between 36th Street and like 53rd Street, something like that, there's no people. That place is creepy. Um, there's just no people there. Maybe 50th Street, because I guess Essa Bagel is this bagel place that I sometimes go to and get bagels. There's people there every weekend day. So... That's probably where the stuff starts again. But like between there, and, and I learned this the hard way because, well not the hard way, but I learned it by mistake. And I think that's also true on Lexington. But Lexington has this little uh, Indian area that has a lot of restaurants, so it's not even true there. Um, but like this, you know, that sort of mid area over there. And then, you know, over, uh, yeah, so that area basically there's no people uh, on the weekends. Because it's just offices. And those are the areas that are struggling. And honestly... If there's nothing but offices, I don't really care. Uh, but, you know, there's, I, I, when I started running, right, like more seriously, you know, for those who don't know, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but I tried and failed to run for six years. Like, I, the first time I really went running was like 2006, and I didn't understand how hard it was to run. It's not hard to run. It's hard to run consistently. And so I, the, the day after I finished my junior year of college, I had a dorm for the summer because I was I had an internship in New York that was three days a week, and then I got a dorm in the summer to ostensibly do research for my, for my college thesis, but all I did was play video games. And um, so I uh, that summer I would. Uh, try to run and I would run for like a minute and get winded because I didn't know how to run correctly. Like the idea was I had to slow down to learn how to run and then speed up. And every year I did this. I did it in 2006. I did it after I graduated college 2007. I did it in South Korea. I, I found this area to run in that was like a mile and I could only barely get through a mile. 2009, 2010, 2011. And finally, at the end of 2011, I was in my apartment on First Avenue. I saw a bunch of people running the marathon, and these were just regular-looking people. And I was like, you know what? If they can do it, I can probably do this. So I signed up for the marathon in 2012. Obviously, it didn't happen because of Hurricane Sandy. But then I, they gave us the option to uh, run the following year. So I signed up and said, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to keep this up. So in 2013 was when I started really seriously trying. 
2012 was when I tried, but I wasn't good at it. 2013, the very first time I, I ran quickly in my life, like consistently quickly, I was really mad about something, and it started raining, uh, and I was living on First Avenue at the time, like I said, and I went up to... 3rd Avenue and 96th Street, and that area has a lot of stuff on it. There's restaurants, bars, and so forth, and that 3rd Avenue area goes down to, like, I don't know, 79th, 78th Street. There's a lot of stuff there, um, and I ran, and I got to 50-something Street, and I was so confused that it was just so dead, because why would I have been there, right? It's the place where no one goes. I thought there were people there, because when I was younger, I used to go to Murray Hill, which is a terrible area, by the way. It's just bros, frat guys, and from what I understand, it's still like that. I used to go there with some friends who I'm not friends with anymore, but after we graduated college, we used to hang out there and drink too much and whatever. And that starts, that's like 34th Street to like 23rd Street, and then you're in lower Manhattan. But between 34th Street and 53rd Street, I said, there's nothing there. Every city, <laughs> all that explanation I just did, every American city, aside from maybe New York, Chicago, and 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 I guess San Francisco, but not really, because San Francisco closes early. It's weird. I don't understand. Really just New York, honestly. Their downtown is just like that 34th to 53rd Street or the Financial District. Like the whole downtown. Even Philadelphia, which I, is a city I love because my mom's from there. She lives there. My mom's whole family lives there. If you go to the office area, not the main downtown. Again, I am separating the office area from the like bars and restaurants areas because in most cities, those are not the same area. You go to those places on Saturday and Sundays, nothing open. Everything closed. And Philly has all this downtown history stuff, right? And, uh, but yeah, nothing open. You know? Nothing. So, it's, uh, the whole of Dallas downtown is like that. You know, we were at a restaurant full of people. Too many people, considering how much COVID was going around. But, full of people. People with a lot of makeup on. Men too. Uh... And then we go back to the hotel. There's nothing. It's like eight o'clock, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. It was really weird. Um, I just wanted to do something. And I had a friend in Dallas that I thought I might see, but that person was busy. So I just sort of sat there and watched TV for three hours. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I got up in the morning early because I was on the wrong time zone. I was an hour off and I went running and like I'm running around. And like if you go more than three blocks, you're just on a fucking highway. I was like, what is this? The only people I saw were unfortunately indigent people who didn't have any money or any support and they were out sleeping on the street right i'm not criticizing them i'm just making a point that like the only people you saw and they were sleeping at the greyhound station because again in most places that public transportation is for people who don't have any money right whereas it should be for everybody uh and so the only people i saw who were in any kind of transportation were the people who were sleeping at the bus station Right. And now when then you can see the sort of Texas of it all, the low, the no social safety net of it all, the we don't care about you part that the state government puts in place, because, you know, as many issues as New York has and there are people on the street, there are shelters here. The shelters just are terrible. But like, I think that those people might have had some place to go because there was nothing going on. I don't know. So. And, and here's the thing, like, there are many, many people of color, many black people especially, who are trying to do things to support their fellow citizens in Dallas. And honestly, most cities themselves are still progressive because, again, people who live near each other want, mostly care about each other. 
right? They're in it together. That's why I like cities, because we're supposed to be in it together, right? And uh, you heard so much anti-city rhetoric in the early parts of the pandemic, and, it, and I, I saw who people really were. It's not to move, because the people who wanted to move, go ahead, get the fuck out. But uh, you saw so much anti-city rhetoric, and I care so deeply about cities just as a concept, you know, that, like, when I look up the walk score and transit score, like, I'm not moving to any place that has a low transit score, right? The only place we would consider moving outside of New York City in New York State is Mount Vernon because the transit score, the only city with a higher transit score in New York State is New York City itself because there's three Metro North stations in, in, in Mount Vernon and then you're, like, honestly half a mile away from the subway. So anyway, that's my assessment of Dallas. Dallas is basically America. Let's put it that way. However, America when it makes a city, because that's what it is. So after this, I'm going to talk about San Diego. So the last place, or the most recent place that I've been as of this recording, again, I'm recording this on April 6th. By the time you hear this, I will have also been to Atlanta. Atlanta, I'm really curious about, because that is a very car-centric city. I, I, the of the places I'm telling you about, it's the place I had been to the most recently. Aside from D.C., where I have family, I had never been to Dallas before, This what I just told you about. And I've been to San Diego before, but not since I was like, well, I went there when I was 15, but only for the night um, on the way out of California. And before that, I hadn't been there since I was six. Uh, but Atlanta I went to when I was about 19, so I have a better impression of what that place is like. And again, it was just cabs everywhere. I spent a whole bunch of money trying to get places, and I just too much money. Um, but that was before you could get, get your cab on your phone. But anyway, so it's very car-centric, but it's very black. And uh, I'm curious to see that mix. Curious to see that mix, you know? Um, but anyway, haven't been there yet as of this recording. So... Um, you know, San Diego, it's real nice. It's a nice place. Just a nice place. Weather's nice, although when I went in November, because of, you know, climate change, it was actually warmer in New York when I went there um, than it was in San Diego. It doesn't seem to get too hot. We went there in July, and it was only like 70 degrees, but because of the UV and because of just it's just so sunny most of the time, it was just really nice. Just nice. It was like a nice place, and everything is, you know, all, I, I, I'm over there thinking, what's the bridge that uh, Ron Burgundy kicks, uh, gets, sorry, that Jack Black kicks Ron Burgundy's dog off of? Yo, there's like 500 bridges that look like that there. <laughs> I thought it would be like a special bridge. I mean, I'm sure if you're from there, you know what bridge it is. But like, that's just what the city's like. The whole city's like that, right? And it's just really nice. But, you know, again, San Diego is one of the, depending on how you define cities and metro areas, one of the 10 or 15 biggest cities in the country. And I just got to tell you, like, it just was so bizarrely quiet, you know? Now, again, I'm not 21. I did not go to the college part and hang out, you know? Uh, there were clearly some kind of seedy bars near the water that if I had wanted to go do that, I could have. But of course, the ho you know, we were being hosted in the hotel, so there was no reason to do that. So I will admit that I didn't see everything. I didn't see in any of these places. I didn't really go to the fun area. I'm sure there is a fun area in Dallas. But I'm, you know, they're putting us in the central area because it's a work trip. 
Man, it put us in the middle of nowhere. And like, yeah, it's it's really pretty in San Diego, obviously. And the area, man, I'm sure the houses were millions and millions of dollars. They weren't big or anything, but because it's such a nice area, you're very close to the Pacific Ocean and so forth. But like, I just, I would, it was just boring. You know, and, and and again, it's not like I was trying to do stuff I couldn't do, but like we went to this restaurant, really nice restaurant as a team. Um, and then when we walk out of the restaurant, it was a, a Tuesday night and there's just nobody walking around, man. Now, again, San Diego is not like a Dallas, you know, that's not a state where they're trying to actively take people's rights away. Um, doesn't mean there aren't problems. I'm just saying. And San Diego is more conservative than the rest than a lot of the rest of California because there's a lot of Navy people there, but that's not necessarily San Diego's fault. That's a military problem. But like, that, but it has nothing to do with what I'm saying. It's just I just forget that like a lot of places, the fun places are few and far between, unless you're next to a college campus, in which case you get a certain type of behavior. I feel like every college campus area is kind of like Murray Hill um, in New York. And, you know, I don't want to say I was disappointed by San Diego because it's just so nice there that you can't really be disappointed. Although when I went there and the weather was bad the second time, I was disappointed. And here's what I'm saying. If you go to a place and the best thing about it is the weather over which you do not have control. Although, and the food was good, too. Uh, but that's probably because it's next to Mexico, right? That's not San Diego. <laughs> um, if the best thing you can say about it is a thing over which you have no control, that's not necessarily the selling point. It's the same way that the best thing you can say about a person is that they're nice. That's not a whole lot to be said about their personality. So I don't have much more to say about San Diego. I'm going to give you a report on Atlanta in an upcoming installment. Um, I've got an actual interview with a uh, an author coming up in, a, in, a, in an upcoming episode. Um, so that's cool. Uh, they sent me their book, so that's cool. People think that this little podcast is something that people care about, but then I realize that academic publishers, you know, these things are so small that, yes, my my audience could actually be big enough to give people a few extra purchases. So, yeah. All right, then. So those are my reports. Um, hope you enjoyed the episode. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks, as ever.